welcome again to another edition of the Green Beers Podcast. Filling in for the greenhouse again is Justin. He is wearing the green. That's about to tell you. Of course. I am Ken. I am the Beach. And this is another edition of your favorite podcast, the Green Beige Podcast. And this week, it is called, But What Do We Really Know? And I'll get to that in a second. But Justin, how's it going, my brother? Oh, I have on the green, so that should tell you how everything is going in D-Day. <laughs> and I know we have a whole segment on it, so I'm not even going to spoil it, but I'm going good. How is it going with you? Yeah, things have been things have been pretty good this weekend. We, we I, I wrote a play for those of you guys who do not know. Your boy is a bit of a playwright. He writes some players, and this is the we had a player for the summer with our with our church. And if you want to know, if you want to see what that play looked like, I have a link that I can share. So you know, holler at your boy. But this week. We were looking at, but what do we really know? And the reason why this episode is called, but what do we really know? Is that, you know, Justin, these sports, these um, professional activities, they tend to make the pundits look real bad very often. And going into the season, we were hearing that some teams were Super Bowl contenders, some teams were Super Bowl favorites, like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets. There are lots of teams that were considered to be, you know, in the upper echelon of things. And then week one happened. Now, you see, I'm wearing my, um, my Saints <laughs> jersey because we actually had some good quarterback players. So I'm going to wear the jersey that re- the last time we had a good quarterback. But we're not even going to talk about the Saints in today's episode because it just oh. had, yeah, it just had too much that went on this weekend. So just to give you a, like a, a a brief rundown of, of what went on, everybody's favorite pick for, well, not everybody, but most people who believe that, you know, this team could make it back to the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs, well, they got skinned up in the first weekend. By the Detroit Lions, who have not won an opening weekend for I think it was like six or seven years. Yeah, I don't think it. I think it was since 2016 they last won an opening game. There you go. So out the gate, upset number one, and right now the Las Vegas Raiders sit atop that division. But we'll come to that in a bit. Oh, yeah, about God. that. And then when you look at the the NFC North, as we we briefly mentioned. Well, some people expected one team to ascend, one team to descend, and, well, that didn't really happen. So, we will see. We will talk about what has occurred in some of the games, because, you know, opening weekend, everybody plays. That means there's 16 games, and if we talk about 16 games, we'll be here for three hours. So, we're not going to do that. We're going to find a way to work our way down through these games. And we are debuting a brand new uh, session for the new season. It's called Weekend Recap. And with the Weekend Recap, I'm going to provide some headlines. These are not headlines that I found in any papers. I came up with these off the top of my head. So forgive me if they don't sound very good. And if they sound good, well, thank you very much. (laughs) But in the Weekend Recap, I'm going to give a headline. And then you will tell me if this headline is cap or no cap. Simple. Easy. And then we'll talk about it. So, Justin, 
the first headline that we have, like I said, is coming out of that Thursday night game where, sorry, we're not talking about Thursday night game. We're going to talk about a game from last night. And for those of you who are watching this tape late, well, today is Tuesday, so that means the Monday night football game, which was the Buffalo Bills, they went to play against the New York Jets. And the Jets won the game, even though they lost Aaron Rodgers after four offensive snaps. He is done for the year for torn Achilles. So Justin, cap or no cap? The Bills are in bigger trouble than the Jets. The Jets lose Aaron Rodgers, but the Bills lose the game. Cap. And I know it's going to sound weird me saying that, but the reality of the situation is the New York Jets are without a quarterback. Um, and the whole reason they traded for Aaron Rodgers in the first place is because of the guy that they are going to turn back to in Zach Wilson. And as soon as we you put him in, you saw the issues already, a quick turnover, to the point where Nathaniel Hackett did not trust him. And you heard um, Joe Buck and Troy Aitman talk about it all game. Everything was at the lane in scrimmage because they simply did not trust Zach Wilson to push the ball down his field because of his turnover issues. I mean... It sounds weird to say turnover issues and not them mention the other side of the football because Josh Allen single-handedly wrapped this 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 game for for the New York Jets like, like like wrapped it right up with those three turnover three interceptions and fumble. But the reality is, Ken, if you look back to the last season, Josh Allen had these same struggles against the Jets as well. Like if there's one boogie team that he has, it's the Jets. I know. Josh Allen has his problems, especially throwing interceptions in the red zone, uh, particularly fumbling football, as well as the issue I have, Ken, with him is that he's not shown the development that other young quarterbacks have. And he relays too much on forcing the issue, whether it's his legs or his kind of an arm. And he's not learned the nuances of the game, like, you know, fooling defenders or fooling, you know, defenses with his body, with his motion, with looking more. He steers right down and expects to be with the arm. But if we really watch that game, Ken, as great as the New York Jets defense was, so too was Buffalo's. And you're returning almost, like, with everyone, with the exception of, I want to say, Tremont Edwards and um, Vaughn Miller. Like, this is a great de defense. And then you picked up um, the former Beer and also former Ram. Help me out here. Um, linebacker, pass rusher. Like, you add that. Uh, mm -hmm. You have that Leonard, um, Floyd, Floyd, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Mm -hmm. This defense is going to be great. And what I, what I really saw that gave me promise for these Buffalo Bills was the presence of a running game. Finally, they committed to running the football, and you saw what that looked like. I am going to actually say, Cap, I think that, yeah, I'm not going to judge them on week one, especially against such a great defense. Arguably the best defense in all the NFL in, in Jets. He had these struggles in Josh Allen. He had these struggles last season. I think the Buffalo Bills will rebound from that. Josh Allen will hopefully do a better job protecting football, and you'll see what Buffalo really looks like. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit torn on this one, between it being cap and no cap. And the reason for that is, yes, the Jets do have an elite defense. It probably might turn out to be statistically the best defense in the NFL by the end of the season. But the fact still remains that this Buffalo Bills team could not find a way to get away from Zach Wilson and the Jets. 
No, I understand when you say that there's concerns about Wilson and that's why um, Hackett was willing or very um, conservative with everything that he did when um, Aaron Rodgers went out. However, the fact still remains that you would have expected more. You would have expected more from Buffalo in this game. And I saw something that said that since Josh Allen has been in the league, he has the most turnovers. Since 2018, 80-something turnovers since 2018. That's startling. Yeah, that is that is ridiculous. So it is it is Ooh. concerning that that is that is what's happening in in that for that team. What's happening, Adam? Welcome to the show. Glad that you could you could join us. I know it is really early in the morning for you, so we are happy that you could you could be with us. We are talking about your division, and it's partially though, Justin, that because of the division that they're in, that I am a little bit more concerned because when we look at what happened in that AFC East, we had the Jets come back and well come from behind, take them to overtime. Well the Bills had to take them to overtime and then got beat at at the Jets, right? We had the Patriots who then played their best game, you we will have to agree, but still took the Philadelphia Eagles to the wire, even though the Eagles were able to pull that game out. And then there's Miami that we could probably touch on in a little bit. So now the Bills find themselves worn down in the last column because somebody had to win in this division this weekend. They were playing (laughs) against the Jets. But Adam, the Bills... This is the question. Cap or no yes, cap? Fine. The Bills are in bigger trouble than the Jets. The Jets lose Aaron Rodgers. The Bills lose the game. Is that cap <laughs> or is that no cap? Cap. Cap bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. First of all, thanks for the welcome. Big up to Justin. Dano. I never actually maybe a top salute for actually for, for, for making certain shows down. And relax yourself because this Justin is only one. You know, so big at yourself. You know, thank you, uh, Big Ken, uh, for the invite again. Uh, but I just bow, I just bow a lot to the poorest of the NFL uh, gurus that that y'all is. You know, this 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 is where this is where I am the pawn skater in this in this in these waters. However, however, as a big cap, the Jets. The Jets popped on the whole off-season about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. This, people even get mad and say, Super Bowl, here we come. And all kind of thing. You know what I mean? And, and Justin, Justin gave us a, a very good analysis as well as UK um, as to why. Um, so I, I ain't necessarily going in that in-depth. There's, there's, there's no need to go for me to go in depth as to why that is big cap. Aaron Rodgers is a four-time league MVP, though. Justin, you know that. That's, that's, that's your Packers. So, like, four times I'm out with MVP. Yeah? Uh, a certain radio host is calling <laughs> a bad <laughs> you, know you can't, you can't get... So, I'm sorry, Bills. I'm sorry. You, you just, 
you can never be in bigger trouble than the Jets. People all over the internet want want this number two. <laughs> we lost your audio there, Adam, I think. Yeah, somehow somehow we, we lost what you were saying. But yeah, we we, we understand that I know that the radio shows and the talk shows today had to be on fire. Did 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 Greeny even turn up for work today? Because I, I forgot to turn in. I have I have no idea because I just told myself I did not want these people coloring my my analysis and my takes. So I avoided all sports media today. Today I was I was working and I was keeping an eye on the wheel of time. That's an excellent show, by the way. So if you oh. haven't checked it out, I, I would recommend it. So yeah. Adam, let's see. Is your audio back? I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it? it? Is. One, two, one, two, three. All right. So everybody said that my first, my very first headline for this <laughs> uh, weekend recap was cap. So let's see about the second one. So Thursday night football. This was the opening of the new NFL season, and we had the Kansas City Chiefs well, unveiling the banner in their Arrowhead Stadium while playing against the Detroit Lions. Everybody and their mama expected that the Chiefs were going to run away with this game. But, you know, there was a little bit of concern that came up when we heard first that Travis Kelsey was going to, well, he got hurt during the week. And then we heard that he was out from the game. So you would have thought then, well, maybe Kansas City might find itself in a little bit of difficulty. But they still have the other bad man that is Patrick Mahomes. And you would have thought that Mahomes would have been good enough to, to take them home. However, cap or no cap, Adam, the champs are in trouble. Kansas City exposed in the opener. Cap or no cap? Cap, <laughs> cap, what the what? Like, how are how how is cap? First of all, okay, Kelsey, Kelsey made injuries is a in the first game of the loss, but thank God, it's not it's not projected to be to be past week two, if inclusive of week two. Um, Uh, your audio is gone again, Adam. Yeah, somehow your audio keeps oh. hiding the seat with us. And then it came back just now. So, try again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. All right. Yeah. All right, so, so am I there? Am I there? Mm-hmm. You're there. Am I there? Okay, cool. So, yeah, so Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game, but he's not their only weapon. And Patrick Mahomes... <laughs> That's easy, my favorite quarterback. Gone again. Yeah, this is this is really really odd, Adam boy. I, your your audio is with us. Like we we heard you say Patrick Mahomes is your favorite quarterback, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. It's almost so, like there needs to be said no more. Like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback, and he full stop. It's like yeah, you know, don't need to say anything else here. Like, yeah. yeah, well. Well, Adam is working on that. Um, Justin, what do you say? No. Is this cap or no cap? Uh, cap. Um, can't. Uh, sorry to say this, cap. Um, you're not going 
to win a game in the NFL with two of your three best players not playing. Uh, and for all the talk about Travis Kelsey not playing, I think not having Chris Jones was equally as impactful because, as you know, or people might not know, this is not the same Detroit Lions that we're accustomed to being the laughing stock of the NFL. This is a legit team. And the strength of the Detroit Lions, a lot of people may not realize, is that front five, that, that, that offensive line. And you did not have any type of pass rush without Chris Jones attacking from the interior. So, like, you're a compromise there. And like you said, like, I this is where I disagree with Adam. I suspect Travis Kelsey is the only legit option in Kansas City right now. Like, when you look for all the hype that they have given Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony especially, the, those two players were absolutely dreadful. I think they combined for a total fantasy value of nothing like zero zilch not a capiche when you put together their fantasy numbers um you thought that marquez valdez Cantley may have more impact in the game stretching the field but i don't know if you why he was not targeted more or implemented more in the game plan but yeah if you're missing players of the likes of a travis kelsey and chris jones you're not going to win too much of those against quality teams like the detroit lions and yes i'm saying Quality teams like the Detroit Lions, they're not gonna, they're not gonna beat them. And I, I picked Detroit to win for the moment that I saw um, Travis Kelsey not going in the lineup. I look at the moment that they lost, they made sure to get a deal done with Chris Jones, even though it's really just a one-year uh, incentive-laden deal, and they're going to be back as normal. The only issue for me, though, going forward, they don't. Yes, they were exposed in that this is basically Travis Kelsey and not much more in that offense they are going to have to go after any waiver wire. Like they have to target another wide receiver. They, they really do. Sky Moore is not it. They don't care what anybody in Kansas City tells me. There is a reason that the New York Giants, who are depleted, have absolutely no weapons on the outside, outside of Darren Waller, let go of Kadarius Tony. And we all saw it in prime time television on Thursday night. This team needs another piece or two on the offense. But to say that, they are not what they are. They 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 are comparable. To say that they're not Super Bowl contenders anymore, they, they, that's cap. Like, this team is going to be just fine. So Adam, let's see. Let's let's see if you if you're back with us again. So, do you have anything more to add? All right. Tell me if you can hear me now. You can hear me now. Okay, clear, I man, clear. So now you're you, I can I can barely hear you guys, but I did hear Justin Justin tell me he ain't agree that you know they may really got the weapons. I ain't I can't really debate that. That's cause you're right. Them they meant they meant the the the, the so-called additional weapons they have and give the men in fantasy nothing <laughs> from that game at all. You know what I mean? So it really means, and then what makes it, and Ken knows this, we actually had this discussion in the forum that we in, it, to see what Tyreek Hill doing in Miami is like, oh my, you cannot be a Kansas City fan and think, what the hell did we just, I care how much draft value you just get. Tyreek Hill is madness <laughs> right now. So, so like to not have that, um, you take you might tend to think that the champs in trouble. I not okay. And yes, yes, okay. Detroit, Detroit are formidable. 
our, our formula, especially with our defense. But the Chops are not in trouble, man. Now, the Chops are not in trouble. Not not for me. So, chat. All right, so that's two. I, I right now offer two on my head. Right? But again, similar to what I what we discussed with the Bills, it's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs. It is good that they took this loss early in the season, but this is the first time Patrick Mahomes has lost in week one, and this is the first time he didn't have his number one target in. Or number, or yeah, his number one target because it would have been Tyree Hill for most of the years that was there. I know Travis Kelsey last year. I know he was out. Kadarius Tony had one reception on five targets. Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony had the worst football game I have ever seen any one individual player ever have, and that goes with five pick Peterman. Huh? This is this to show you how bad it was. Kadarius Tony was in net zero for the game. He had the one reception for one yard and one rush for minus one. Net zero. He was out there getting a fitness test. He was just running around and serving absolutely no purpose because he would not catch the ball from Patrick Mahomes. His fault for the pick six through his hands and into the end zone. So, unless these wide receivers do a lot more, do a lot more, this is going to be a very difficult season for the Kansas City Chiefs because everybody is going to come in with the expectation that we're either going to double or triple tri- triple team Travis Kelsey because there's nobody else on the outside that we need to be concerned about. I suspect we're going to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the foreseeable future right now. Like I, I know um, Andy Reid is not a um, huge proponent of the run game, but like the reality of the situation is, as I said, Sky Moore and, and Kadarius Tony is just not it, or unless they're going to get better going forward. And just like the Super Bowl, where we saw a lot more run um, from, from Andy Reid, I think that's going to have to be the plan going forward, especially until t- um, Travis Kelsey returns. All right. So now we can move on from this one. And this one, Justin. I can go first on this and then I can let you come in second, right? Because we have spoken extensively about this particular guy. I'm not even going to set it up. I'm just going to give you the headline. Then I'm going to say what I have to say and then you can come in. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep my thing short. Chargers still. Brandon Staley will keep Chargers from progressing. If I am 0-2, this is 1-2. Because this one is definitely not cap. Because Brandon Staley... I don't, if he is not fired at the end of this season with the way how he has started, oh my days, Justin, go ahead. I have told you over and over and over again, and he is the poster child of my biggest concern in in this current NFL. And for those who don't know my biggest issue with the NFL, it is that a lot of these coaches, whether it be head coaches, whether it be assistant coaches, whether it be position coaches, are getting jobs because they're either friends or family of other head coaches. And if you don't think that there's any merit to this, there was a stat I put in our group chat about time. Like I think 75% of all coaches in the NFL are related either by blood or by marriage to another coach within the NFL. Now that's thinking. And most of these coaches are white. I, I have 
So no to the Brandon Staley issue. This man, remember, this man's pedigree is on the defensive side of football. For those who don't know, he was not brought in to coach Justin Herbert. He was brought in because when he was in the Los Angeles Rams, that was a fearsome defensive unit. And I've told you all over and over again, he was the beneficiary of having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on his units. I know you're seeing things like the LA Rams have gotten progressively worse defense. Not the LA Rams, sorry. The LA Chargers have gotten progressively worse defensively since he has taken over the helm. And on top of that, as a head coach, not only has, is he a bad defensive player caller, but on top of that, this team is needlessly aggressive on, on fourth downs, especially on their side of the field. He is not a good game manager, and this team is bad, bad, bad defensively. For all the talent, and this is not a team that just has Justin Herbert or, or Austin Eckler. This team is loaded on the defensive side as well. For mm-hmm. all of the talent that the LA Chargers have had, this is a this is an underachieving unit. And you need to look no further than last year's divisional round went or wild card round, sorry, when they went up twenty-five nothing on the Jacksonville Jaguars and blew that lead to a rookie quarter sorry, a second year quarterback with a new head coach. And you lost that game up twenty-five nothing. The Elliott Chargers, if they even get into the playoffs, are going to be one and done. Brandon Staley does not deserve to be a head coach in this league. Far less, I don't even know if he deserves to be a coordinator. You can continue now, Adam, but I've, I've had a lot to say about I could go on and on. Ken could tell you, like, hey, he, if, if, there is, if, there is a, if there is a coach I am not a fan of in this league, it is him. Wow. Wow. So, so everything, everything clear and all on my end, right? Everything like mm-hmm. clear. Crystal. Yeah, boy. If you like my sub, you need to hide down my friend. Just say no, boy. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to say this, Adam. Like, when, since, like, since we want to get into this, name me a black coach that has walked into this league and been a beneficiary of a top a, a, a set of talent outside of Mike Tomlin. Who obviously I was a inherited, outside of Mike Tomlin, who would have inherited a, a, a prestigious um, team that was always like you know Super Bowl bone late because he took over from Bill Cower and that team was always ready to contend. But if you take out somebody like like like, like Mike Tomlin, name me a black coach that has been given the keys to a team so talent laden, ready to win titles like like a lot of these white uh, white um, coaches as well. Like, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And can you imagine if a black coach had been given this Los Angeles Chargers team, this one, this current one right now, they would not have survived last year, especially not after 25 nothing debacle that happened against Jacksonville Jaguars. No black coach, I can assure you, can survive that. Look at Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes had one season, one season of losing in Arizona and was gone. I replaced with Cliff Kingsbury. What has Cliff Kingsbury done in the four or five years that he's been in Arizona? One playoff season, and, and, and it has been one debacle after another in Arizona. And, and, and if with, there's a poster child, talent, sorry. with star talent, with star talent as well, with star talent, and you keep bringing with in one talent. player after free, free agency after another. And Brandon Staley again is the poster child for this because they can look past Cliff Kingsbury to say that he didn't even deserve to get out of college. But the reality situation is Brandon Staley. 
was in the NFL with a ton of defensive talent comes on to a similarly loaded Chargers team. Uh, look what we're seeing year after year after year. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Wow. I even, you even made me start to think about. I'm sorry, can you do what's coming at me? He was coming, he was yeah, coming yeah, yeah, it's coming to me. Your turn. Um, it's your turn. You even made me start to think across sport what black head coach or manager has been given that level of talent, like championship aspiration, title winning talent, and then been given a pass for blowing it. And it's pretty difficult to, you can think of one or two coaches, one or two head coaches, but they actually delivered. Like, for example, Doc Rivers in Boston or Tyron Lue in Cleveland, if you're talking the NBA, or if you, and I'm not even going to football, as in football, football, uh, not American football. Like, I'm not even going there. <laughs> so I, I you started to think across sport. You think but of Rick Brown and Staley, like, like, when you look at, like, not even look last season, the season before, y'all remember he had one game to win to get into the playoffs. Uh, what happened? All he had to do was sit down, right, and allow the um, Raiders to run out the clock, which were going to do the play for tight. And what did Brandon Staley do, Ken? What did Brandon Staley do? Brandon Staley right, sit down and call a timeout, the worst timeout I've ever seen. Allow Rich Versace to sit down and think, hey, let me rethink this and run the football. <laughs> Where everybody and, and, and his excuse was that we were not in a run defense. Rich Versace was not going to run a play. And he called a timeout. A timeout where Rich Versace was comfortable saying, All right, we got time, and both of us going in. Then you turn around again, you barely squeak into playoffs, again the playoffs. You're playing on the road against a Jacksonville Jaguars team with a second year quarterback with a new head coach and a bunch of young Fresh. players around him. Fresh. Second year Fresh. running back in Travis Etienne. And what do you do? Fresh. Blow as a defensive minded coach, you blew a 25 nothing lead. Yep, and then this week you give up 36 points to the Miami Dolphins. You're allowed to it's only at home, to, at, at home, home. Yeah. at yeah. home. You're allowed to it's only allowed to pass for the fourth highest number of yards in a week one in 466. You're allowed to read Hill to have the third highest number of yards by a wide receiver. In week one, with 215 on 11 receptions. Smoke. Yeah, Tyree Hill might be the cheat code, but as a defensive mind, you would expect that you can come up with something, if not to stop him, at least to slow him down. And yeah, there is way too much talent on this team that every season we would have said this team could win it all. Every year they fired Anthony Lynn. Because they thought that he was not good enough to get it done, and Brandon Staley comes and wets the bed every season. What, what, what is, every what is I'm sorry, Ken, who, 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 what's the team that you said that you don't trust in the Chargers? Is the Chargers that you see you don't trust? Yeah, I don't trust the Chargers, I, I, I can never trust the Chargers. Oh, oh, hold on, Ken, what, what, what was Anthony Lynn's um race again? You can tell me what, what Anthony Lynn was with. He was not the same race as well, Brandon Steely. That oh, much okay. I will, I will confirm. Well, well, point, 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 super proven. Because I did, I did, I did tell Ken that that was the game of the week. Chargers Dolphins was the game of the week. For, for, for me, that was the game of the week. I, like, however, however, 
the Dolphins made stops when it counted. One. And two, like the, the, the men roast you with the same two players pretty much the whole game. <laughs> the, whole, the whole game. And like you said, defensive money coach, you got at least come up with some sort of plan and you had nothing. Nothing. At all. You, you left Tyreek Hill the fastest man in the entire league one-on-one for the entire yeah, game. And, and, and you were shocked. You didn't, you didn't put a safety over the top. You didn't bracket him in, in, in what they would call a triangle. You did nothing. And then we're yeah. shocked when the man put 257 yards in you. Like, one on one. Incompetent. Like, yep. I, I'm sorry. Like, to hear Shannon Sharp and uh, not even Stephen A. Like, but hear Shannon Sharp. I can't remember who they were arguing with. When Shannon Sharp said, listen, Tyree Hill right now is the scariest man in the league. I think Stephen A disagreed and said, um, he didn't want to say disagree with Shana, but he can't discount uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then, I can't remember who they were talking to, but he was like, "Nah, you you could scare like you 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 all consider or, or no the scariest man ever, something like that." But people were considering Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and, and stuff like that. Shana's response: the first thing he said was 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 what you said just now, Justin. Shana said, "Okay." We could debate ever. But right now, in the league, no. you cannot leave Tyree Hill one-on-one -on -one ever no with more. anyone. Tyree Hill one-on-one -on -one killing anybody. And the Chargers had the man literally one-on-one -on -one the whole night. The whole night. And if you're going to live with Tyree Hill getting catches, everything has to be in front of you. Everything mm -hmm. has to be underneath. Really? And, I, and I understand his ability to make stuff after the catch. That's fine. But I have to live with Tyreek Hill underneath me. It cannot be, like, it can't be a bunch of people. The first rule, the first rule against playing somebody fast in any sport. Again, the first rule when you're playing somebody fast in any sport is to keep them in front of you. Keep them in front of you, no matter no matter what. Keep them in front. I play a sport, and you playing against anybody fast. You keep it in front of you. Don't give them the yards. You can get tear up. And don't let them turn you. They're gone. <laughs> the charges let him run. <laughs> See, and, and this is the this is the thing about Tyree Hill that, you know, for those who may not have seen much of his of, of his game, you need to be aware of. Tyree Hill is the one man who has enough speed to catch the ball on one sideline and reverse field all the way over and nobody can touch him so yeah that's the charges the chargers until they get a better coach then this this is going to continue to happen but you know we, there are some teams in the nfl that seem to be snake bit like well the charges are snake bit because the coaches don't get the job done Baltimore's getting bit in the running back room because running backs constantly get hurt and prayers up for J.K. Dobbins who has torn his ACL and is done again for the year and right. possibly might be this might just be it for his career because nobody's gonna pay any money to a running back now who has not completed any season since he's been in the league and then one team that just tends to snake bite the other team is our next topic. Just as Green Bay Packers went into Soldier Field, dominated. I mean, anytime 
every time. This is what happens. So here's the here's the headline, fellas. Adam, we're coming to you first on this one because it gonna let Justin get in and simmer in his in, in, in his euphoria. Green Bay is feeling the love. Packers are still favorites for North Crown. Cap or no cap? No cap. No cap. No cap. And 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 y'all see the jersey I wear. So so is we we just normally have quarterback battles for the last how many decades now? A couple decades now. You know, when it comes to Green Bay or anywhere that them blasted money boys used to play. You know what I mean? But right now, Green Bay even saying Aaron who? Like, legit. Like that. <laughs> like, I feel like Green Bay saying Aaron who? Because that love boy is serious. That love boy is serious. That, that number 10, I, I can just... I, and I can let y'all do all the analytics and statistical breakdowns. I can just say that Green Bay, with that love boy at QB, is telling them, listen, don't worry. Hang up that number 12. Number 10 is here. What about you, Justin? Come, come. Bring it in, bro. Bring uh, it in. Let me, let me hear it. I'm going to have to say probably, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give viewers what you want. I'm going to give them a no cap. Um, reality situation is, well, I still think that it's Detroit's division to lose right now, simply because like you know what the offense was, or right now is like you have Amaras and Brown. Whenever um, the kid from uh, Alabama serves his suspension, is he against suspension and comes back? Like that's another weapon, and I think Jared Goff has you know rightfully gone back to spot. We can talk about a top twelve quarterback in this league. The offensive line is legit. I think picking up Penesul a couple of years ago was as great as a draft pick as ever. This is a legit offense. So like, and this is also a team that swept us last season. So I'm not going to to pretend that Detroit does not deserve Flowers as it's the preseason pick to win my division. There's a reason they were put in the um, Thursday night opener. But for people to write us off and think that we're going to finish last in the division just because Aaron Rodgers is not playing, it's absolutely craziness. And there are two things I'm going to turn to. Last year, Joe Barry is that... If, if we're talking about Brandon Staley as a bad defensive coach, like Joe Barry had to be number two right behind him because they don't know, right, how you sat down, right, with these players, with the likes of Jair Alexander and you have um, Kenny Clark and then you bring in somebody like Quay Walker and Rasul Douglas. You have all of this defensive. Uh, uh, um, sorry, the kid on the outside, um, not Preston Smith on, on the other side. Um, before we lost him for the season, name is not uh, Rashawn Gary. You have all this defensive talent, and for whatever reason, you thought it was best to play these soft zone shells uh, and, and and play off and not be pressing. And uh, it took the players to come and tell this man, "Listen to me. There's too much talent for us to be playing so soft and not aggressively." So one, like this team's defense was underrated for too long simply because of the scheme, but not the personnel. And I think you're going to see that per like you saw it against Chicago, how fast, how we fly around the ball and whatnot. Like that defense. I agree. Is I agree that your defense is underrated. And and it, that's, it that's, the, that's the beers that you beat, huh? That's the beers. In soldier field, right? So I, I know in you can't put a lot of stock in can't put a lot of stock in that. But on the other side, right? When everyone was saying, oh, you're missing Aaron Rodgers, and now obviously two seasons now without Devontae Adams 
And the team is extremely young, actually the youngest, not just on offense, but youngest across the entire league. And I have to say, but hold on. You know where they're not young? On the offensive line. And if you sat down and watched Sunday's game, and I knew it was coming, we won both lanes. We won the, won the Bali trenches, and that offensive lane is where this team is going to go. And it all goes back to the running game. Know that Aaron Rodgers is gone. Know that you're not going to be changing plays at lane of scrimmage. No, he's not going to be calling his own number. You're going to see what that Matt LaFleur offense, which has come down from his Kyle Shanahan's father, um, Mike Shanahan, all the way down. You're going to see what that offense is really supposed to be looking like. And it is going to be a lot of zone um, zone stretch runs with Aaron Jones, pwned up the middle with A.J. Dillon, and everything past should be coming off of play action, and you saw it. I am now going to tip my cap to the Green Bay um, front office. and I, I, I have been giving them a lot of flat for years. There is a reason, no, I didn't understand what they mean by culture and what they mean about identity. There's a reason why you've seen stellar quarterback play for so long, over three decades in Green Bay. And uh, we, have formed, we have found a way to develop quarterback talent. And it is simply, I was not a fan of the Jordan Love pick simply because I was not a fan of Jordan Love in college. This team has found a way to remodel what Jordan Love looks like. And they thought, look, we're not going to just throw him out there. We're going to have him sit down, learn three years under one of a, like a top 10 all time quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I know you have seen what Jordan Love looks like now. And I'm not going to sit here and expect another Hall of Fame quarterback. But what I do know is a man who's going to protect the football. And as Dan Orlowski showed, this is a man that's already in his first year as a starter, first game as, a, as the team's QB1, has already learned from Aaron Rodgers how to manipulate defenses with his eyes and with his body. And you saw that on two of the touchdown throws. This kid, he's not, he may not be great, but we're going to be good enough. And I'm going to put this note and put my neck on the block. Ken, we are going to get one of those final playoff spots this year. All right. I, am, I have not seen anything so far to suggest otherwise, Justin. And I... I am going to call Cap on this one. I'll be the one, the only one, that says that this headline is Cap. And the reason why I think that this headline is Cap is because of the other team that you mentioned, the Detroit Lions. The Lions earned that victory in Arrowhead. They didn't play, and or it wasn't like if, yes, we know that there was a lot of drop passes and a lot of other stuff that did not go according to plan for Kansas City. But you can't take anything away from what Detroit actually did in that game. But they're the only competition right now for that division with the Packers. Oh, some Viking fans may 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 want something to say to you, Ken, but it wouldn't be me because well, well, I'm with you. Well, let them let them say like what they have to say. The Vikings found a way to lose the game at home against Baker Mayfield. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fact. I expected, oh. I expected that in my division we would have had two winners this weekend. The Saints. I expected the Saints to beat the Titans. That game was tighter than it should have been, in my opinion. But we didn't have very good offensive line playing. The left tackle was getting beat like a turnstile, so it made things very difficult for Derek Carr. Yet still, he was able to throw for three hundred yards. So let that sink in. With, Dodgy, yeah, 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 ye
and my new quarterback threw for 300 yards. If ever my boys that do the unthinkable against Philadelphia, who almost dropped the down ball, I would have come in here shining too. I don't care how much it's true. I would have come in here shining too. So carry on, sir. You're easing that one nicely. <laughs> well, yeah, but I expected that we would have won. And I thought, well, somebody had to win between Atlanta and Carolina. I would have taken a draw. I would have taken the tie if it had come, but somebody would most likely have won that game. So I expected two winners in my division at the most. What is Tampa Bay doing winning in Minnesota? So I am no, not very high on Minnesota at all for the, I was the it, rest of the season. I wasn't last season either. I tell people, um, if you're relaying on winning 11 one-score games, the, the the chances are that's going to catch up to you late. late. Mm-hmm. Good teams blow bad teams. That's what you saw Philadelphia, you saw San Francisco, you saw the eventual chance, Kansas City. If, <laughs> if you're a good team, you blow bad teams and you winning 11 one score games. Like that's a record in the NFL. And event, it's going to catch up to you 11 and 9 one score games last season. And look, 0 1 this season, like, you're not going to live in this sport just winning a bunch of one score games at the death. Exactly. So now, Jordan Love has given Green Bay the reason to to dream, because he has played very well in this this first week of the NFL season, and Chicago, Chicago lost their fool's goal because everybody that was saying that Chicago was going to be so much better, well, they're not. At least not yet. We'll see what happens later <laughs> on. You know, DJ Moore, he had two catches. Um, what's his name? That came over from Pittsburgh. I can see his face. He did not even Chase Claypool he, could not Chase have been Liverpool. on the field. Chase Claypool he, could not targets. have been on the field. I, I I swear to you, Ken. At no point did I hear anyone mention Chase Claypool's name. It looked I did not. I, he could not play. He could not. He had two targets for zero zero catches and he registered a zero point zero zero for a fantasy. So, but a lot of zeros shared this weekend. This is this has been the one of the worst weeks for fantasy I've ever seen, personally. Like, seriously, like, 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 yeah. I I don't even want to yeah. go into that because Justin, I can start to sound like you on coaches not too long ago. If I start to talk about my fantasy fortunes, this this, uh, I think y'all have been a little bit harsh on the beards, though. Like the the, the, the Chicago looking a little bit sluggish. As far as they're concerned, looking a little bit sluggish, but I don't think you can turn your back on Chicago. At the same time, I still feel Green Bay was relatively impressive, man. That, <laughs> and all close to Detroit, but Green Bay, Green Bay is a dark horse. In Chicago, just need there are too many things that need addressing. Like, and, and everyone's so concerned about uh, you need to get weapons for Justin Fields. No, the first thing you need to do is address that offensive lane. And if Justin Fields was not the freakish athlete he was, he probably would have sat 10, 11 times. It's just like, get so in. He would get The first thing you need to address is that offensive lane in the worst way possible. And second and most importantly, that defense is just bad. It is just really, really bad. And it's hard for me to watch that because I've grown up in this division. I've been watching this since 92. I've grown up in this division knowing Chicago to be monsters of the midway because they've always produced great defensive talent. But that defensive talent is no, huge. That defensive talent is no longer there. Yeah, 
That is uh -huh. that is definitely true. And you know, that that leads me so nicely into the last topic of today. Because we talk you talk about defense, right? And one of the things that was a problem for the United States FIBA basketball team was their defense. That was a challenge. That was not the only challenge, however, because the U.S. team missed out on all medals. This, this was the team that was expected to come out home and say, we are the world champions. Not like the Denver Nuggets, who are who are the champions of the NBA. But, you know, this just missed trailers. Not trailers, no less. Seem like a prophet. World champions of what? You go to FIBA and you lay an egg. No. Justin, I know you've played ball. Adam, I know you've played ball. I just watch ball. So I will defer on this topic to you guys, but I have a thought that I want to posit as we start this discussion before we get out of here today. I believe that the U.S. has done themselves a disservice now because it wasn't always this way, but they've done themselves a disservice now by implementing NBA head coaches to be the head coach of the national team. And the, the main reason why I say this is that you have, in this case, you have Steve Kerr, who is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. And along with him, then you have uh, Tyron Lu, who was supposed to be the def defensive coordinator for this squad. And the other coaches who... Um, Eric Eric Spolcher was also there, so right. Eric Spolcher, right. So you had three quality coaches, but you know what these coaches are treated bad, right? But you know what these coaches are not going to do? These coaches are not bringing their ear playbook because when you bring your ear playbook with all of these other players who don't play for your squad and coaches who don't coach with you, then they're going to be able to take all of these notes home with them and beat you using your playbook when they see you in the league. So, Adam, I'll let you go first on this one. What happened? Sure you want, let me go. Right, I'll let Justin go first then. Justin, what happened here with these start, boys in FIBA? You started the right place, and it all comes down to coaching. And So let's start, like, problem number one for me, right? Is that they started? If you watch the build up or you heard the build up to them going into this world championship, the first thing was that they were toting Jalen Brunson as the star of this team, right? And I'm like, why are you doing that before even a game is played? Like, why, are you, why are you doing this? And I told him, I have a chat with one of my friends because we always talk about international basketball, right? And I said, that's going to come back and bite them in the ass because, like, there's no need to build him as a star of this team. And when you look, right, let me avoid Jalen Brunson for the start and get back to Steve Kerr. You're correct. And not because of you're talking about bringing your plays on your A game. The problem is with these NBA coaches, you're not playing NBA basketball. You're playing FIBA basketball. And there's so many differences, especially the game shorter. But the most important difference that NBA coaches keep forgetting is that there's nothing called three seconds in the key. And that means you can leave a man and protect the rim, but these coaches keep forgetting that. Steve Kerr, thinking this is the NBA, brings his style and constant switching 
and I don't know why he keeps switching screens because while you see over and over again, you're leaving smaller players to have to defend bigger players in the paint. All you need to do at this level, unless you're playing against a team that shoots the ball extremely well, is to sit back in a 2-3 zone and leave your rim protectors. You have one of the best rim protectors in the entire world in Jaron Jackson Jr. And yet, because you have this switching style, you have Jaron Jackson Jr. out on guards, out on the perimeter, instead of standing up in the paint and just standing up in front of the rim. Now you can leave Jaron Jackson Jr. in the paint in front of the rim. Like you're, you're like, there is no three seconds. So then you get and you play these smaller lineups, right? I talked about Jalen Brunson, right? And I told people over and over again, I would not start Jalen Brunson because Tyrese Halliburton, because of his ability to pass the basketball, because Jalen Brunson is not exactly a facilitator, right? Jill, um, Tyrese Halliburton is. His ability to not or just facilitate, just not just to move the ball, but he can shoot the ball and defend multiple positions is the reason that Tyrese Halliburton should have been the starting point guard in this league. And, I, and I'm not just putting that out there because people look at me like, but Jalen Brunson, I'm going to give you just one stat that proves everything. In the last two games, the most important games, well, at the semifinal game and then the bronze medal game, Jalen Brunson was minus 19 in a one-possession game, was minus 19 against Germany, and then he came back against Canada and was minus 17. Would you like to know what Tyrese Halliburton was in those two games, okay? He was plus 14 and plus 10 in less minutes. Jalen Brunson is not a facilitator and not a, a great player at this level. Steve Kerr and all of these head coaches, the NBA head coaches, are not suited to play in the FIBA game. They think that this is the NBA. It is not. Look at where the recent success with the Redeem team from their failures from 2006 World Championships, right? When they got past that and defeat from the FIBA Americas tournament in 2007, right up to all their success in the 2016 Olympics Games. Who was their head coach, gentlemen? Who was their head coach? Coach K. And where does Coach, coach K coach? Collegiate basketball. He coaches collegiate basketball, which mirrors FIBA basketball. These NBA head coaches yep. are clueless when it comes to this basketball. This is not the NBA. You do not need to be switching screens. You do not need to be playing man. <clears throat> and you do not have to be fearing about leaving your big players outside the paint. Put Jaron Jackson. You put Walker Kessler in front of the paint because there is nothing called three seconds in FIBA basketball. Go right ahead, Adam. So you see, you 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 actually thank you, sir. You actually fit where I was going to start, which is at Ken's point with the coaching as well. Um, I completely disagree with you, uh, and and for all intents and purposes, on the international stage, the US is my team. I'm sorry, I I, I when it comes to basketball, this is this is this is like my second skin, and I remember. I remember watching the Olympic Games in '88 when they got beaten. I remember that. Um, I lived. I had the opportunity to live in Brazil and hear Brazilians boast about all back when they beat the US in the '80s with their their star player Oscar and blah 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 blah. So hey, man, Os Oscar Schmidt, man, that's my guy. Schmidt, you know what I mean. So uh, whereas a lot of people begin their 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 us uh backing from the dream team i remember the reason for the dream team 
I can remember the, the discussions, the, the countries that didn't want the NBA players to play because they knew of the massive disparity that no longer exists pretty much. However, when it comes to collection of talent, it, there is still a distance between the U.S. best and anybody else best. I would debate that with anybody the U.S. best 10 or 12 players is better than anybody else 10 or 12 players by far. Ain't even close. It's not even close. Which is why, and this was my second point, but I hop in my first point to just say this, which is why I am glad they lost. I back the U.S. Because you continue to try to disrespect the world on the world stage by sending not just your B or C team, a D team at best to an international tournament just because you created and invented the sport and have a greater collection of athletic talent. Because it's no just no longer just talent. Maybe only athletic talent now. And think that that can get you by. Guess what? 2004 Olympics should have taught you that. That's almost 20 years ago. 2006 World Cup should have taught you that. That's, again, almost 20 years ago. And then the thing is, and, and, with the 2006 team, that was as talent later. It was still a talented team because LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul all played in that tournament. Dwight Howard, all those guys played in, in, in 2006. And guess what? It still wasn't there. It still wasn't even their B team at that time. That and if you think of them rules, you'll be like, why did that team lose? Because of my first point get reverted, the coaching one. Coach K, the, the, the implementation of Coach K was such a brilliant move by USA basketball, not just because of what they play uh, of the of the similarities in, of the college game to the FIBA game but also because of the structure and nature of the setup that he had, the recruitment of players, the, the, the vast camps. The, then the, the, the Coach K literally did what Marvel did to actors and tell, tell players, hey, you buy into this team for at least two Olympics. Yeah, you buy into this team. When you, when you commit to this, this is a program. That's what international teams do. That's why these men beat the U.S. Because these men from Canada, Germany, Serbia, all these men, if Serbia didn't even have the Joker, if you think that them men just play together all the time. Once nationals call, the, nas the national team calling the best. But U.S. so cocky that, oh, nah, the best, we ain't, we ain't going this. The, nah, you got to tell the best, hey. And I think that's, what the likes of LeBron and the, I don't, don't come and tell me. I sorry for getting off on a little bit of a rant now, but I don't care. Like you, you, you can't tell me. Oh, LeBron, LeBron coming back now. LeBron is 197 years old. You know, you, know, you can't necessarily depend on LeBron, even though he's still one of the best players on the talent on on the planet. And should he come back to play in Paris, that makes a significant difference. But he's not going to be the best player on the team. But it's better than what you had. You understand? Because you got to set up this structure. Again, 
because you've lost that and you've gone to Steve Kerr and Ken made a fantastic point of Meningen, Meningen bring bring them best player, but because Lugan say and Lou not only playing in the same league as me, he playing in the same conference as me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't show I can't show off all of that. And and, and gone are the days with Chuck Daly um um for the dream team where he could put together Magic Bird, Jordan, Chris Mullin, and um Malone and them boys, put them to play, and they're gonna just beat the brakes off of everybody. Even if they bring the A team now, the A team still have to be coached. You still have to, I still have to see the box and one on defense. If you play against somebody like the Joker, I, I still got to see a high line three and two. If you play against somebody like Greek Freak, I still got, you still have to coach the team. Yep. Which brings me to my next point. Sorry, Justin, you are hopping. No, no, no. I, to your point, even when you brought the best, because I agree with that, a lot of people forget the 2008 and the 2012 games on Beijing and London. Because as great, like, those teams were stacked. Um, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, well, Dwayne didn't play in 2012. Um, and then the 2012 team had, had Kevin Durant. Uh, Melo would have been 2008 as well. When you look at those stacked rosters, everyone forgets 2008 and 2012, Spain gave them everything they could handle in both gold medal games. Because... Again, it is a different style of basketball. No matter how great your athletic talent is, right? As you talked about the chemistry, that was Spain's golden generation with the Gasol brothers, um, La Bomba. Um, then you're talking about um, Ricky Rubio, uh, the, the the point guard that used to also play for, for Toronto. Carvajal. There you go. Like When you look at that squad, um, Rudy Fernandez on the wing. Like, Fernandez. The, the, this, this is a look like that Spain team being not man for man in terms of talent, be as great as Team USA, but it, it's chemistry and they know the international game just as good. And Paul Gasol gave it to them in both gold medal games. Like, and, and, and USA, it took everything for Team USA to win both gold medal games. Go, go right ahead. So, I'm saying, as much as you bring your best, understand that your best still is not, it's just not like it has to be your best, and coaching has to be good enough. Continue, Adam. Yeah, yeah, like it, you, you bring up Spain, but what, what about Argentina? Argentina had a golden generation. The same Argentina that murdered them in the in the, in the 04. They but again in 08. And the likes of Kobe, LeBron, same Melo, and them that remember that. Like you had Manu, you had uh, the boy Luis, that played in Luis Scola. Luis Scola that played for Houston, and them boys that was that was that was proper learning. So, so the man had to send a message, and that Argentina team still played a fantastic game against that redeemed team. And I like to argue as much as I am a Jordan one, Kobe two. Dream team is the greatest. Blah 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 blah. I like to argue that redeemed team would have given the dream team the business. That redeemed team had Dwight on it. A lot of people forget how bad Dwight was. How much of a barman Dwight was. A lot of people forget how much of a barman Carmelo was. Which brings me to my next point, which is what you brought up. Listing Jalen Brunson as a star. Even the redeemed team and the dream team that had Kobe Braun, Dwayne Wade, Melo, Dwight, Chris Bosch, Mike, Larry, Magic, Ewing, Malona, Stockton, they never 
stated who the star was at the beginning of a tournament. It is the first time I have ever seen a US team not just have the audacity to put out a D-side, but then state that Jalen Brunson is... How disrespectful are you? Because that team had Anthony Edwards on it. As far as I'm concerned, there's one, maybe two, possibly three people off of that team that I would take to Paris, that team that just lost. And none of them are, is Jalen Brunson. Anthony Edwards would be one. Um, the other would be Jarrett Jackson. And the third would be Mikael Bridges. That's it. I ain't carrying. And you are correct because Tyrese Halliburton not only had a better plus minus than Jalen Brunson, he also ran the team better for the eye test. It's, it's as simple as that. I have never seen such madness in my life. So, Hopefully, and I'm finishing on this point, hopefully, when the U.S. get it together after that spanking again, because, yes, Noelle's had a point. I think he was very ignorant in the manner in which he stated it. I've said this before, because it is in mute point. The, like, the way how the U.S. is called itself world champions is actually ridiculous. Um, uh, but it when when the NBA stars argue, the it's it's slightly different in basketball because the the level between the NBA and other leagues around the world is actually quite great, and the global talent they have and blah blah blah. But you're not world champions. World champions right now is Germany, even though the Olympic champion is regarded in greater um, stead than the world champion. The U.S. got work to do with, with regard to all them points we just stated. So even if they bring their best 10 or 12, which should include no less than, and I ain't calling, I can call LeBron, LeBron like fifth. Steph has to go. Um, AD has to go, so get he fit. Um, Jason Tatum has to go. I would consider a Jalen Brown, consider a Jalen Brown, but mm, maybe. I, I, I would actually call Paul George because you need two-way players. You know what I mean? You have to take, obviously, you can take LeBron. Uh, you have to take Damian Lillard. You got to take, take, take men that when, when teams look at that roster now, the, the, the whole U.S. fair factor, I don't care how close the games are now, uh, uh, how, much, how close the, the talent is now. When teams look at that roster, ooh, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, <laughs> LeBron, Jason Tatum, KD, and AD. Nobody ain't taking W. And sadly, if you continue to take the teams, everybody will be like, we can run at these. So to and that then, point there, Adam, the rumor is not only LeBron James has supposedly committed to the 2024 games, but he has recruited um, or he's in conversations with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum to come along with him as well as Damian Lillard. And I know <laughs> I know what this is all about because I know LeBron James is not going to go there by himself. He's going to bring an army because there's no way that LeBron James is ever going to go to lose uh, another Olympic medal ever again. But that's another conversation for another time. Correct, correct. 
I, I, I actually didn't bring up one of my points. I know just easy in here if I, if I may. Uh, in that, in that, you have to, you have the, the US need to put in place that transitionary or trans transitory um, uh, structure where, all right, this will be obviously LeBron's last Olympics, but then the, the, the transitionally transition talent can't decide, okay, we just going to the Olympics and then we done. Then you could, you could select anybody else. Nah, that's why teams beating you because the best in their countries go all the time. So, so just know that again, the coach K, the co coach K, his sister, like know that, Hey, you in this for at least three, four years. And then you could say, all right, I'm gonna step back. I can retire because you have a replacement that Rudy Gabe brought up a very, very good point, which is why you have to bring back the trials because people want, people want to be there. Well, I think that is a, a very solid conversation that we've had with regards to FIBA. Like I said, you guys, I know that you most certainly watch more of the FIBA than I did because the first game would have been in the sleeping hours for me. The second game would have kicked off somewhere along the time that I would have been leaving home. And by the time I get to work, I'm only seeing the second half. So I didn't see as much of the basketball as I would have liked to see. But what I did see showed me that the U.S. does run already in terms of squad composition and then the, the schemes that they played. In these games, defensively, it was not there, and they paid the price. They paid the price that they should have paid because you cannot expect that you would just turn up and beat people. The days of that long past. So we will see, we will see what they have learned from this experience. If LeBron is going to bring the army, then let's see the army go there and do something. At least my guy Steph would get his get an Olympic medal because he has never gotten one. That's the only thing that he is missing. So, fellas, we are here for an hour and 10 minutes. So, let us wrap this up. Justin, tell the folks where they can find you. Um, right now, we've still been on hiatus, but at some point, hopefully, we can return. That is on my body. I won't put this on my team of Neil and Marsha. This is solely on me but at some point we hope to return that's hashtag this justin the only this justin know with Matt Kellman's departure from 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 espn the rightful this justin so if you want to find us we still have our stuff on youtube hopefully when we return that'll be monday night 7 p.m eastern 6 p.m central sorry 6 p 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern but we're still on monday nights on youtube for all of our all short form content you can find us on instagram on facebook as well as twitter which is now known as the x that's hashtag this just in when we return we will officially announce that right here on green page all right. All right, Adam. I tell folks where they can find you as well. And speaking about announcements, you should have something coming from me very, very soon. It is long, long overdue, and it's going to be called Man On. Man On. So you can get something coming from me just now, Philosopher. And I am on the X, Philosopher 005, as well as on Instagram. You can find me, Jean Marc underscore Maximus. Call at me talk about anything. I actually have some some very interesting conversations with some folks who I've never known before about sports. So continue to big up Green Bay, follow them everywhere. You know, Ken and give you all the plug and and follow just, this just in. He ain't give the GMT, he gave the central and the and the eastern times. You know what I mean? So for anything that is eastern, just calculate five on top of that. If you're on my side of the pond, I make sure you catch up on just this just in too.
Big up, guys. Yeah, and as always, we, we thank you, gentlemen, for being here with us as well. This has been a blast. Green Beach, every Tuesday, we are here from, well, let me let me do the, the math as, we, as I run it back. So it is 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. in the Pacific. And if you're over there by Adam, then it is 1 a.m. So if you are late or if you are early, then you can find us. You can always find us as well. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Facebook. We are actually live on X as well. But if you are making comments on X, well, we don't see them. So you need to be on either Facebook or on YouTube so that we can see your comments. We can put them up. We can respond to your questions as they come in. Quick announcement. Primetime Pickham is returning this week. Everybody should be happy that you had a week off because I know that we would have all gotten games wrong this week. So this weekend, this when we head into week two, we are looking at those games which starts with the Vikings and the Eagles, and then it is the Saints and the Panthers, the Dolphins and the Patriots, because we actually have two games on Monday, which is Saints and the Panthers and the Browns and the Steelers. So Prime Time Pickham is back. AJ and I have been in discussions. We are actually going to have some prizes, so you don't want to miss a week. Make sure that you get your picks in because we're not looking at percentages. We're looking at final tallies. So whoever has the most right picks, you get something. That something is to be announced later. So at this point, this is where we're going to end this week's episode. Again, thank you very much, Adam. Thank you very much, Justin, for filling in again for AJ. So today, Justin was the green. Wrong hand. Justin is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And we will see you next time.